Praise God. God bless you. I was hoping to get a song out of you. Hallelujah. Keep hoping. Keep hoping. <laughs> I'm a faith guy, brother. How many of y'all put your faith with me that we're going to have Brother Mark sing a special here at the end? I get to choose the song. And I'm a, a child of the 80s. <laughs> How can a fire guy talk about ice? Anyway, so. We have some uh, resources that we brought with us. Uh, I usually get this out of the way because I have no idea what's going to happen. And a lot of times, uh, if you don't do it ahead of time, people are so drunk in the Holy Ghost or just, you know, it's just not a good time to do it. So I thought I'd do it now. Praise the Lord. I bring it. These? Yeah. Angelic confirmation. Too bad I didn't have a revelation beforehand to confirm it. Anyway, that's an inside joke with us. Anyway, um, this is a, a CD series I did called "The God of Your Turnaround." How many of y'all know he's not just the God of the turnaround, he's the God of your turnaround? And it's a three CD series. Uh, they go for 18, but we got a special going on tonight. The students know what their special is. May I praise God for the students at Life Church? Where are they? Where are they? Uh, if I were blind Bartimaeus, I need to know you're in here. Where are the Life Church? Uh, Bible students, all right. Well, this is called the God of Your Turnaround. Anybody just want to have an instantaneous turnaround in whatever they're going through, this CD series will bless you. Who wants this one? Oh, now I saw that lady's hand go up first. You need a turnaround? You're too happy. Are you sure? You do need one. Okay, now I'm an excellent throw, so I hope you're a good catch. Oh, you got to open your eyes. How, what is that? I have never had somebody go, okay. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> well, you'll know it when it hits you. All right. This was done out of a 15-week revival we did here a couple of years ago out of Missouri. Uh, it's called The Choice to Rejoice. How many of y'all know it's not just something that comes on you? It's something you choose to do. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I choose to rejoice. I, I, whether I feel like it or not, I choose. I'm going to rejoice. Whether my body is aching or not, I'm going to rejoice in my healing. Whether my bank account says so or not, I'm going to rejoice in my prosperity. It is your choice to rejoice. And when I see somebody rejoicing, I see them receiving. I saw that hand in the very back. Are you ready? You are a great teacher. These are all faith people. Are you ready? There you go. Catch it, somebody. All right. I was a student. And this is a DVD I did at uh, Rama's uh, Winter Bible Seminar. Uh, it's called Turn It Up. The three Hebrew children were thrown in the fiery furnace. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm... How many of y'all want this? It has... Okay, it has to do with deliverance of homosexuality. Brother, come on up. No, uh, come on. Oh, you don't want deliverance. Okay, here we go. No, I'm just... 
This is called turn it up. When the enemy threw them into the fiery furnace, King, Je King Nebuchadnezzar said, turn it up seven times hotter. I mean, it was hot enough to kill them already, but seven times hotter. But listen, in Revelation, we're called kings and priests. Priests declare things. So whenever he tries to turn it up on you, you as a king and a priest have the right to declare and decree to turn up your prayer life. Turn up your worship life. Woo, there it goes. Somebody needs it. She doesn't even have a DVD player. Well, praise God. It'll probably be on uh, eBay here sometime during the service. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like shouting. You know when... Uh, jo uh, <laughs> is it me? What is going on? <laughs> I saw that lady over there. She just sold the DVD to somebody across the aisle. All right. First of all, Pastor Mark, Pastor Amy, Boer. Actually, it's Boer. A lot of people don't know that, but I learned the lesson of how to pronounce his name correctly after saying it about 128 times wrong last night. But uh, Pastor Mark, I love you. I appreciate you. I've had such a good time hanging out with you the last, uh, it's only been 24 hours really, but uh, you're just a great guy. I got to eat with uh, Miss Amy as well. We, they, they're just a wonderful couple and I want to honor them. Praise God. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Praise the Lord. And I love these folks here too. The Miles, they're awesome folks. How many of y'all love them too? <laughs> Glory to God. I said it right, didn't I? Miles. Look, I say how I want. I'm from Oklahoma. Speaking of which, your pastor took me to go see Smurf Turf today. And the angels cried. I mean, it was, it was unique. The first thing he did to me was he took me over to the showcase where the Oklahoma Sooners got beat. <laughs> Shut up. I, I just... <laughs> we were... <laughs> and uh, if I remember correctly, a dear friend of mine from Oklahoma, uh, Pastor Tony Cook, he was uh, taken to the same case of shame as well. <laughs> Joe Morris is in uh, Oklahoma now. You want to have him out to just show him the camera? Have an old faith crusade with Pastor Hagen. Bring everybody from Oklahoma and just take them to the case. That one year they got lucky. Praise the Lord. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Listen, who said, did somebody say I'm a loser? I, like, like I own the Sooners, you know, like that is my personal team. But yeah, we should have taken up the offering already, huh? I'm going to need my product back. <laughs> We're going to break some things loose in here. I know things are already loose. This church is already primed and ready for revival. We're in 
I think, four or five different churches right now that we're rotating uh, revival anywhere from two weeks up to eight weeks. Uh, they just keep extending. And so we're very grateful for the Lord, uh, for what he's doing in these meetings. Saw, saw a lot of salvations, uh, healings, rededications, miracles, signs, wonders. Praise the Lord. Seen the dead raised three times. If you're sitting next to somebody you're not sure about, say, hello, are you number four? Uh, just <laughs> but, you know, um, we believe that laughter is good like a medicine. I believe the joy of the Lord is our strength. And like I said last night to the students, if somebody is laughing near you and it's bothering you, they're just getting strong. Don't judge them. You can always tell who's got the spirit of sourpuss. You just turn around and you can look at their face. They go, he's talking about you, man. But anyway... Let's stand to our feet for just a minute and give God all the glory again. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We praise you. We adore you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We thank you for what you're doing in here, Lord. We thank you for the healings that are already manifesting, the miracles that are already taking place. Thank you for revelation, knowledge flowing freely, unhindered and uninterrupted by any satanic, demonic, religious or traditional force. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Speak through me tonight, Lord, boldly. Speak through me as the oracles of God. Use my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. Lord, speak to our hearts from your heart. Let it flow from your heart like a river to ours. We thank you, Master. Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do in here tonight. Have free reign in here tonight. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. You can do whatever you want to do, sir. Say whatever you want to say. We give you the glory and yield to you. In Jesus' name. Now, before you're seated, Joshua led the children out and they began to march around the walls of Jericho. And on that final day, they marched around how many times? On the seventh time, they gave a mighty shout. Now, we understand this. We've read this. But I want you to get a revelation fresh tonight. And I'm going to talk to you about that. Just briefly about revelation that comes in anything that I'm ministering on, anything that I'm speaking on. Just don't assume you already know where we're going. Hear it with hearing ears, fresh ears. We want to hear it, something fresh from heaven tonight. Doesn't mean it's new, but it can be fresh. God told me years ago, revelation knowledge isn't always hearing something brand new, although it starts that way, but it's hearing something fresh. I even believe the youth can get something tonight. I tell you, there's a lot of 70 on up. Should have yelled with them on that point right there. Like my girlfriend right there, you know, praise the Lord. Now listen here. On the seventh time around, the, the, the story is this. The walls were so thick, they could have chariot races on top. People would walk around on top. Soldiers were probably watching this crowd walk around the walls, march around the walls, and were probably mocking them and, and spitting on them and, and, and just jeering them. And just as you're going around, <laughs> dear God, I believe revival is at least going to hit us in the ears. It's probably my fault because I'm a mover. The Holy Spirit never sleeps on the inside of me. He's always like, whoa, ready to go? And I'm like, not yet. <laughs> Let's get some coffee. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jehovah Java, for he fills me, he quickens me. But anyway. And so they're marching around on the seventh time around. They give a mighty shout, but the instructions were very clear. Joshua said, listen, we are not going to say one single thing around these walls. 
On the seventh time around, then we'll give a mighty shout. But up until then, do not say a thing. Now, how many of you know that around these walls, if they're that thick and it's a fortified city, it took a little while to get around that wall. And after that seventh time, don't you know there was some pent-up frustration with some people who normally gossip, normally murmur, normally complain, that just couldn't help themselves. And you've been there before, especially students, if you're listening. You've been in school before. You're the guy that laughs at the funny guy that said something real sly, and you laugh out loud, and the teacher busts you. Not the one saying the joke, but here's what happens. Now, there's this guy probably walking up and going, psst. Why do you think we got to keep walking around here? What's he doing? What are we doing? This isn't doing anything. Look at these walls. It could have happened. But we know this. They kept their mouth shut because silence is better than gossip. Come on now. Sometimes you got to learn the silence. That language is silence now. And so on the seventh time around, they gave a mighty shout. And what happened? If you study it out, they were so thick, there would have been rubble that would have taken days to climb over. And possess a city. Who wants to clean, to clean up all that rubble? The walls opened, or the, the ground opened up, and the walls just went down into the, the ground, as if no evidence of walls ever existed. As if evidence of no walls ever existed. I, I'm telling you tonight, as if walls never existed in your life. Hallelujah. You may be facing some, but sometimes you just got to shout some stuff down. But see, in the Old Testament, they shouted to get the walls down. How many New Covenant believers we got in here tonight? We don't shout to get the walls down. We shout because they're already down. Somebody give them a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Because the walls are already down. Oh, come on. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> are down. The walls of poverty are down. The walls of sickness are down. And I wish somebody shout like they're already down. Because God has already said the walls are already down. We're New Testament believers. We don't shout to get them down. We shout because they're already down. Hallelujah! Woo! Glory! Thank you, Jesus. I tell you, this church is already primed to go maybe longer than 20 weeks in here. I'm telling you, but a revival is not coming. And somebody might say, well, uh, I don't see it. Well, let, let, listen, it may not be here in the fullness, but it's here. And it's been here since Acts chapter 2. As long as you keep praying for a move, that means you don't realize it's already moving. As long as you keep praying for an outpouring, you don't realize he's already poured out. Now he's using you and I to pour out of that vessel. We're the vessels. As long as we keep praying for a rain, we don't see that it's raining. Now listen, if it's dry in your life, I understand but that doesn't mean that our dryness determines whether or not he's already sent the rain. It means we need to come out in it. 
Hey, come on now. I know I'm in the wrong place, but let me work it out tonight. Come on. Revival's not coming. It's here right now. So how do we handle that? We start acting like it. How do you act like it? You start telling people about how Jesus set you on fire. Oh, you tell people about how he healed your body. If he didn't heal your body, you tell them about somebody's body you saw healed in this church. Hallelujah. Last night, a lady that had pain for 16 years. I forgot what it was. Her back or something? Right there. There she is waving at us. Put your hand in your air. In the air. Like you wave it like you just don't care. All right. This lady right here has had pain for 16 years. How did you sleep last night? Good. Good. I'm sorry. No tranquilizers? What? No pain at all. 16 years. Praise God. And others were here like instantly. Instantly. Let me show you something. How many came in tonight? You had some kind of pain and you're like, well, dear God, it's gone. Someone wave at me. It happens every time. Whether it was through worship. Look at this. Over here. People got it. What was happening over here, sir? Sciatica nerve. I was getting that in the spirit too earlier in worship. And it's gone. Who else? Come on. There's other people in here. What? All, is it just youth night? God's just doing the youth tonight. What is that? <laughs> Settle down, big man. <laughs> I like this guy. What happened here, brother? You should have seen the girls around him when he said, I've been throwing up the last couple of days. They're all like. You know what? Let me come down there. Hold on. Getting ready to shout one more time. Hallelujah. I just came in not feeling the best, and I walked into the youth room and started worshiping, and I said, devil be gone, and I feel perfectly fine now. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Was there somebody else? A bunch of them. Praise God. You are huge. <laughs> so I've been having stomach problems and back pain and stuff. And I was in the car coming here and I've been feeling crappy all day. And I was just sick and tired of it. And Kendall right here next to me prayed for me. And she didn't say that she was praying for me. And my hands got super sweaty. And automatically I was like, I've never felt this before. And my stomach is completely fine. And I don't feel anything at all. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. God is already moving in this place. I want us to give another big shout. You may be, hold on before you do. You may be going through something right now and you have no way out. You may be facing a financial burden you have no way out of. Shout about it. You may be dealing with somebody's uh, boss. You may be dealing with a kid that's, you know, gone off and gone astray, whatever. Just let's shout about it. Because as you shout, those walls will be reinforced that they ain't coming back up. It's up to you. If you want it, you shout about it. Somebody's face. Hallelujah. Mm. 
It is so good to be with you guys again. We honor Pastor Mark, Pastor Amy. Thank God for them. And uh, this church, you guys really are already on fire. Um, And it's kind of hard to stir up somebody who's already on fire. But you know what? We'll just stir you up to explosive. Turn with me. Are y'all ready to receive the word? Y'all ready to receive the word? Never let somebody else shout amen for you. Never let somebody else shout hallelujah for you. Never let somebody respond for you. You do your own running. You do your own dancing. You do your own shouting. Amen. I always say this. If somebody came in this room right now and you were the only one in the room, would they know revival was here? Yeah. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 14. Here we go. We yield to you, Master. Thank you so much. Most of us know this uh, portion of scripture, but we're going to go ahead and go with it anyway. Uh, Again, do not take me down the road you always go down. Let's hear something fresh tonight. Uh, I said this last night too. If you always hear with a having heard ear, you've already set your ceiling for how high you can go. So let's hear something fresh tonight. Say amen. Matthew's gospel, verse 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship... And to go before him to the other side. And he sent the multitudes away. Now before we go on any further. um, Do do you guys put that up on the screen sometimes? Uh, If you do, that's fine. But notice he said Jesus constrained his disciples. That word constrained is a very strong word. That means to tell us that the disciples were having a hard time getting into the boat without his extra encouragement. He was having a hard time getting them in the boat, but he constrained them to get into the boat. And I, I, as we look at this story, as we understand it, we look out and see why that there were times that uh, the, the fishermen did not go out on the water. They could look out and read the signs of the weather. They didn't have a weather channel to go to. They didn't have a weather app. They didn't have a Doppler radar. You understand? So they had to go by uh, what they could see or sense and They probably could look out and see a storm was already brewing. And so why go out onto the water if a a storm's brewing that looked pretty uh, tough? But Jesus still did not look at the storm. I said Jesus didn't look at the storm. And a side journey for you is this, that when Jesus was in the bottom of the boat in another uh, story, he said that let's go to the other side. They actually had to wake him up in the midst of the storm, to tell him, Master, don't you care that we're going to die and drown? Here's my thought. If he's asleep, don't wake him up. Let him just die and drown with you. You know what I mean? Don't mess with him. He's been working hard as the Savior, you know? Just if he's got to go this way, then don't wake him up to scare him. That's a terrible way to go. Just let him go in his sleep, right? But he didn't wake up because the storm woke him up. He didn't wake up to rebuke the storm for his sake. Because his word was, let's go to the other side. And he was convinced, I can go and be at peace and at rest because we're going to the other side. Now, you crazy monkeys may fall off and get scared and drown, but I'm going to the other side, right? But his disciples did not. Now, come on. Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. So when they heard Jesus, the word say, let's go to the other side. Don't you think faith should have been there for them to go, yeah, there's a storm, but let's go to the other side. But what's amazing is this. They got scared and started listening to the word of the circumstance, not the word of the Lord. 
And so they went to wake him up and say, Master, don't you care that we perish? We're going to drown. But what did he say? He woke up and said, ye of little faith. He rebuked the storm, not for his sake, but for theirs. And they just shook their head and looked and said, who is this man that even the wind and the sea obey him? Storms don't affect a born-again believer. Come on now. Listen, storms will come, but you got authority over them. I said they may come, but you got authority over them. And apparently storms had no effect on Jesus. He only rebuked them when it came time to help his disciples. Interesting. I could tell by the, the groaning, gnashing of teeth that you're getting something. But so what happens is in here, he constrains them to get in the boat, but yet they're looking out and saying, look, we see a storm coming, you know, and, and we'll see, obviously, a little bit later, the storm does come. But he does something. He gets them in the boat. He sends the multitude that's following him away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So it took a little while for him to go up to the mountain and get rid of the crowd and get the disciples into the boat. But sometimes, hear me, are you listening? Sometimes there's a multitude of distractions that we have to send away. Come on, when you're going through something, there's some things you just are going to have to look at and go, I got to send this away. I got to send away some. Now, don't shoot me now. Don't shout me down or shoot me down when I say this. But sometimes maybe we need to get rid of Facebook for a little bit and send some multitudes of distractions away. I'll never forget when I first got on Facebook. I didn't do it myself. People kept asking us when we were there on staff at Rama, why aren't you on Facebook? I said, I don't know. And I realized right then I have the choice to be extremely old or relevant. And so I kept defaulting to being really old, and that freaked me out. But I didn't know how to be relevant. All I just know that I'll do it one day. And then the next day, I'm teaching a class, and my phone's going, Welcome to Facebook. You now have one friend. So-and-so wants to be friends. I'm like, what's going on? And my wife texts him and says, Hey, honey, welcome to Facebook. I'm on Facebook all of a sudden. You start out with zero friends. And all of a sudden, in like an hour, I've got over 200 friends. My phone would not stop vibrating. I just, I, I put it in a drawer and it did. And so I decided, she says, now that you got a Facebook, you need to post. I'm like, look, let me be excited. I, I've, you know, I've only been on this thing a couple weeks. Why do I have to post something? Because that's how it works. And my wife says, you need to post something. And so I posted something and I saw this thing there where it says like. So I posted, and apparently I was the first one to like my comment. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It was a good comment. Statement, post, whatever. And so now, uh, now I'm getting a phone call from my son, who should be in school. He got a pass to go to the restroom so he could call me and say, What are you doing? I said, what do you mean? You just posted something and you liked your own post. <laughs> He's like 13. I said, well, what do you, what do you do? You're supposed to be in class. What are you doing? Your, your comment came up on my phone. Why was your phone on? And so here we go. And so I said, you know what? I got home. I, I left my like on there. And then my daughter called. Dad, what are you doing? I said, what is this? Nobody likes their own 
post. That's just that you don't do that. I said, look, I didn't even want to be on this stupid demonic thing anyway. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, and then it came to me. Thank God for the scriptures. David encouraged himself in the Lord. I was encouraging myself in the Lord through Facebook. I liked my own comment. I encourage you to do the same. So sometimes we've got to get rid of distractions. Sometimes it's TV. Sometimes it's uh, extracurricular activities. But Jesus knew to send the multitudes away. And whatever our distraction is, we've got to send those away. But don't just send them away. Separate unto him and pray. And so he went into the mountain apart to pray. And while he was up there praying, I believe with all of my heart that we have a, a glimpse into his prayer life a few chapters later in Matthew 17. But I believe he connected with the Lord. His prayer time was never wasted time. His prayer time was never a, a scenario where he, he, he was trying to get past the ceiling. I just don't feel him. I just got to keep praying and I'm praying through. And then it, No, 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 no. As soon, and we're going to do this here in just a second. As soon as you shut your eyes and lift your hands, he's here. Just try that for a second. He's here. Well, how do you know? Because he's everywhere all the time, all at once. He's omnipresent. Thank God he's been in places he shouldn't have been in that I was in. I don't know if anybody in here has been forgiven of anything, but I have. Hallelujah. I've got a past, and it is past. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, it's forgiven, and it's forgotten. There's only one person that has a challenge with remembering my past, and that's the devil. And he tries to remind me of it. Oh, but then Holy Ghost Alzheimer's hits. I don't remember. No, you did this. I don't remember. I don't remember. Hallelujah. But here's what... Now, I didn't mean to be offensive when I said that about anything because I've had a, a relative that's dealt with that and it's a, a terrible thing. But listen, you can be healed of that as well. Amen. I mean, I just don't honor sickness, okay? I don't honor disease. I don't. And somebody comes up to you and says, did you hear so-and-so had been diagnosed with cancer? <gasps> oh, we got to pray. That is honoring sickness. Oh, you're not hearing me. Uh, let me come over to the smoking section. I said, I said, that's when you, when you sit there and say, let's join hands, we got this. Now you're honoring healing. You're honoring the healer. Hallelujah. I mean, we have seen too much to back up now for tra tradition's sake. I cannot back up now and honor somebody that says, well, you know, I've got this tumor. Good, it's going to disappear. We just had a lady in Pennsylvania where we were having, uh, I think it's our second week of revival, going into a third week up there in Allentown. She had a tumor on the side of her neck, had a word of knowledge. I said, there's somebody here that's got a growth on the inside of your neck. Who is that? And the lady lifts her hand. She says, I'm going in for surgery in two days. I said, well, when they cut you open, this is the truth. I said, when they cut you open, that tumor is going to be gone, and they're going to search and look all over, and then they're going to close you back up and say, we can't find it. And when they run tests, you're going to be completely cancer-free. And that is exactly what happened. When you honor the healer. Hallelujah. Well, let's, let's don't leave Jesus up in the mountain here. So verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea. 
tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary, blowing and throwing up a storm. Just like what the disciples saw coming ahead. You know, you can see a storm brewing. If you've ever, if you've lived in uh, on the coast or, or even here, you can see out in the, the plains or in the distance when a storm looks like it's coming in. They saw that. That's why they didn't want to go. I'm sure they wanted to be with Jesus, but I also believe with all of my heart that they didn't want to get in the boat knowing that a storm was coming. We'll go the next day. Let it pass. Whatever. But here Jesus now, he's up in the mountain praying. They're out in the middle of the sea. It's on the fourth watch, uh, verse 25 there. That's around 3 to 6 a.m. On the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. My goodness. You want that kind of power? You're going to have to send some multitudes of distractions away and separate unto him and pray and get with him, spend time with him. And the next thing you know is you're walking through stuff you didn't even think you could walk through before. Come on. You're going to walk on top of stuff you didn't think you could walk on top of before. Things that try to come against you are just going to fall off because you just, you're going to have what I call a Holy Ghost George Jefferson strut when you come up out of there. Woo, because you're moving on up, baby. Come on now. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is on you. The presence of God is on you. But better than that, he's in you. First John chapter 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So where is he? I didn't feel him, brother. That's terrible. He's in you. That's why I did that experiment with you just shutting your eyes, lifting your hands, and making that connection. When I pray, I don't try to get my prayers to him like it's some kind of email I send up to him and hope it doesn't end up in his angelic spam file. When I shut my eye, he's there. He's here. Ha ha, thank you, Jesus. Now watch this. Everybody that's in this section right here, actually all over the place, if you have any kind of neck pain, whether you got fused vertebrae or you got something out, when I say now, stand up and begin to move your neck around and watch the healing power of God hit you. That's how I know. As soon as I shut my eyes, he said, tell them that. All over this place, when I count to three, stand up if that's you in neck pain. I don't care if you've had it since you were born. Hallelujah, it's going right now. One, two, three. Be healed in Jesus' name. Just begin to move it. The pain's going now. Hallelujah. Things are working out. Vertebrae are unfusing right now. <laughs> ah, nerve damage being healed right now. I give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Those that stood up and have had neck pain all over this place, begin to wave at me if you can tell there's a difference already. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. This isn't something we try. This isn't going, hey, Lord, are you doing it? Are you going to do it? No. If you're healed now in the name of Jesus. Those that stood and you moving your neck around and you could tell a big difference, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, now be seated real quick here. Uh, I just wanted to do that to show you the demonstration of the Spirit. He's here. He, we don't have to worship Him to get Him to move. We worship Him because He's moving. We don't worship Him to get Him to show up. We worship Him because He's here. Say, well, you didn't sing my favorite song and I don't feel it. That's, that's irrelevant. Whether I feel him or not, he's here. All right, now here we go. So they get in the boat. They're tossed to and fro. But here now, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, verse 26, they were troubled. Fear came, saying, it is a spirit. 
And they cried out for fear. Notice it's a little S, not a capital S. They didn't say the spirit. They said a spirit. So this tells me that seeing apparitions and maybe some ghostly images wasn't necessarily uh, uh, you know, out of whack in those days. Because the first thing they wanted to say is, that's an apparition walking on the water. That's the only thing that makes sense. But then this came to me. I was like, why... What would have made them even see him walking in the, the, the dead of night? It's so dark. There's a storm. If you've ever been in a storm, you know as well as I do at nighttime, it's so dark. It's like pitch black. Maybe there's some lightning. But let me ask you this. If your boat is doing this, are you sitting there sightseeing? Hey, there's a ghost. No, that's not what they were doing. They, they were holding on and trying not to fall in. That means everything was short-sighted. And that's the problem when storms hit. They're meant to give you short-sightedness on only what you're going through. Instead of looking out further and seeing, here comes my help. Oh, come on now. And so here they are like this. You're going to tell me that they're just out there looking and seeing somebody walk. They're not thinking. Come on. They're not even thinking that somebody can walk on the water, much less looking for somebody who is walking on the water. So it must have been something that caught their attention to such a degree that made them stop focusing on what's going on with them here in the boat and caused them to look out. They're already afraid. They had to be constrained get in the boat, I'm telling you, they were already dealing with fear, and because they didn't deal with fear, when they saw Jesus walking on the water, they couldn't have said it was Jesus, they had to think of something that made sense, what else scares us, ghosts, it's a ghost, (laughs) fear makes you see things that aren't there, Fear makes you see things that aren't there. And and the things that are there, you misinterpret. Your perception is off. But they're dealing with fear. How do you know? Because when they saw Jesus walking on the water, they didn't know it was Jesus. And what did they cry out for? For fear. So how did you think they saw this man they're not even looking for walking in dark clouds are low. The ceiling is low. They're not focused on seeing anything horizontally because they're just rocking and wheeling all over the place. How do you think they saw him? Three chapters later, we'll see a glimpse into Jesus's prayer life. In Matthew chapter 17, he took Peter, James, and John up into the mountain apart to pray. And it said, while he was there, he's transfigured. He began to glow with the glory. And I believe that when he was up in this mountain, he was carrying that glow still. Oh, come on now. And when he got out on the water and started walking on the water, it was supernatural. And what do you think made them think it was a ghost? He was glowing. Mm-mm-mm-mm. They cried out for fear, but Jesus gave them the word to combat the fear. What did he say? He said, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Isn't that cool that Jesus is into joy? He said, be of good cheer. What do you think that is? Ha, ha, ha. He's like, get your joy back. I'm going to say it this way. If you've been dealing with fear, 
get your cheer back. His antidote to fear was to get the cheer back. If I see somebody in fear, I know somebody who's lost their joy. But you can get it back like that. And you do it by faith, because sometimes they don't feel like laughing. Ha, ha, ha. I'm telling you right now, there are times you do not feel like laughing, like right now. You just proved it. Ha, ha, ha. Come on now. When you're going through something, you're thinking this storm is impressive. This, this attack is impressive. I've got to be honest with you. We need to be responsible. Now's not the time for fun and games. That's funny. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? No. He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. That means you've got to make the choice to not be afraid. And you've got to get the choice to get excited again, even when you don't feel like it. You've got to make the choice to get your laughter back when you don't feel like it. And it starts like this. Ha, huh? Ha, ha. You may have to start out like that, but glory to God, you'll finally sound how dumb you sound, and you'll go, ha, ha, ha. And then it just something rise up on the inside of you. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, now I'm doing some rhythmic stuff. I'm getting Spanish. Ah, oh, Latin. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. ha, ha. And you know, laughter does good like a medicine. So sometimes when you were younger, your mom would sneak the medicine into a banana. Just to get you to eat it. Or they'd say, this is good for you. But you're a child. You're not dumb. You're pure. You taste it and go, it's not good for anybody. But sometimes you don't feel like laughing. And ain't nobody there to hold your hand to help you get your joy back. Except for the Holy Ghost. Why do you think we lift our hands in worship? Whew. Seeing a mist in here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> tumors are disappearing. Lumps, bumps, growths, tumors. Go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. I'd much rather hang out with a happy Christian... Uh, old sourpuss. I'm just telling you that right now. You may be crazy, but you're happy. The root word to happy is ha. The root word to hallelujah is ha. Ha, ha, hallelujah. So he's telling them, get their cheer back. Be not afraid. I'm going to say something that's bold, and it may rock your theology, but do not let it rock your entire belief system. It's the truth that sets us free, not what we merely have endeavored for it to believe in our life. It's got to be the truth. We've often heard this statement, and I've preached it years ago, that the opposite of faith is fear. We've heard this over and over and over. But the truth of the matter is, the opposite of faith is unbelief. So then what would be the opposite of fear? If you look all throughout the book of Acts, boldness is the opposite to timidity. So what is it that's going on? Now listen, faith is affected greatly by fear. It is affected greatly by fear. But it's not the opposite. Because you can have faith in the devil. But people call that fear. And yeah, you know, I can understand. We want to play a little game. But when you look at the actual setting of these words in the book of Acts, boldness is the opposite to timidity. So what do you think is going on here? 
When he says, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. He's speaking the word to combat the fear they didn't deal with on the shore. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word came forth that said, go to the other side. That was the word. There's no turning back on that. It's going to happen. We're going to the other side. Whether there's a hailstorm, a typhoon, whatever, we're going to the other side no matter what. But that was the word, right? But if they don't receive it, fear comes in. You've got to be bold with what you believe. You've got to be bold with the word that's coming forth. And if you don't, you're going to be bold in some other things. And then fear is going to overtake you. And then you're going to wonder, why am I having a hard time with my faith? Because fear does affect your faith. But we see here real quickly. Now, this is amazing to me. When he's walking on the water, he stops. He doesn't keep coming to him. He's having a conversation because the glory of God is all over him still. That's what's causing him to walk on the water. But the word is going forth. Guys, be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. It's me. But he didn't say it's Jesus. He said it is I. Why? He was expecting them to recognize and understand his voice. Ah, come on now. Maybe my appearance has been altered a bit, but hear my voice. It's still me. It's still the word going forth. Again, the word went forth. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Did they do anything with it? Well, apparently not. And I'll show you what happens. Peter. Oh, thank God for Peter. Doesn't he make you feel better about yourself too? When I read after him, I'm like, I could have been a disciple. (laughs) I would have been one of the sons of thunder that's never talked about. Just don't say nothing. Don't act. Don't ask questions. Just be glad to eat with him. You want any more bread? I'm fine. I mean, just, I would have probably outdone Peter, to be honest. Anyway, so. (laughs) And Peter said, Lord If, if that is you, then bid me to come out to be with you on the water. The biggest yet smallest word in the English language that tells that you have unbelief is if. Doubt. If it be you. Now here he is saying to him, look, it's me. I'm telling you how to get rid of your fear. Get your chair. But he's looking at him going, oh, really, if it is you, then bid me to come out to be with you on the water. Are you listening? Here we go. Why did Peter want to get out of the boat and walk on the water? So he could impress the others in the boat? Yeah. What's up? Bartholomew. Yeah. Did you just read Peter's post on Facebook? (laughs) You ain't really walked with him unless you walked on the water. (laughs) Hashtag, what, what? (laughs) Judas comes in. Look, he just liked his own comment. (laughs) 
So why did he want to get out of the boat and walk? Because fear told him from the beginning, if I get in this boat in this weather that's coming, I'm going to sink, fall off, and drown and die. That's fear. Absolute worst case scenario that did not happen. Fear was telling him, you get in this boat, you're going to die. So what does he want to do? Hey, if that's really Jesus, the only way of me surviving is to get out and walk on the water and not sink in this boat. It was a selfish motive. Fear causes selfish motives. And what did he do? Jesus said, it is I, it, you know, be not afraid, get your cheer back. And then he goes, well, if it's really you, bid me to come out to be with you on the water. If that were the case, he didn't even really know if it were him or not. But he was so desperate to, to live and to not sink that the very thing that he thought was to get with somebody that can walk on water, then let me do it too. And Jesus said, come on. Which is the word going forth. Faith comes by here and the word keeps going forth, but they keep struggling with faith. Is this helping anybody tonight? And yet he gets out. It's not easy. I mean, I understand this, this boy wasn't the, the poster child for Weight Watchers. I heard he was a little portly and he's trying to get out. Probably port side. Anyway, and he's trying to get out and, and he steps out. This ain't no John boat. I mean, it takes effort for him to get down on the water. And he's like, oh, okay. All right. He started walking on the water. Now, I need to individuals that I can illustrate this with. Who wants to play the part of Jesus? <laughs> Who wants to play the part of Peter? Okay, sure, come here. Come on, I said, come on up here. I have a feeling I picked the right guys. All right. Now, Jesus, I want you to stand right there. Peter, I want you to stand over there, and I want you to start shaking, because you're scared. And you're doing this for the illustration. <laughs> put your right foot in, put your right foot... No, get out of here. All right, that's good, that's good. So Jesus says, and then it takes him effort because he still doesn't know if this water is going to hold him up like it's holding up Jesus. But when he puts his foot in, he realizes, hey, I can stand. Now watch what he's doing. He's acting boldly on a word from the Lord that he wanted to receive. We should talk about tithing right now. <laughs> now, what happens is, is Peter starts walking slowly because he never, he's not done this before. But he starts walking probably a little faster. As he starts walking to Jesus, he's standing and walking on one word from the Lord that he could receive. But has he dealt with the Spirit 
of fear yet? No. And I'm going to show you that fear and faith can be resident in an individual. It's just which one do you yield to and develop that's going to be on top. Are you all right? Is he okay? So here now, he gets to Jesus. He's standing right in front of the master. We need his iPhone so he can post that he made it. No, anyway. That, that was good. That was good. I can see Peter going around doing selfies, which is short for selfish. But I mean, you know, I can, I can see that. <laughs> so he gets to Jesus. What was it that he said to the Lord? He said, if it be you, bid me to come out to be with you on the water. So is he now on the water with Jesus? Come on, is he on the water with Jesus? What caused him to walk on the water? Be careful how you answer. Let me answer for you. The word that Jesus spoke empowered him based on the fact that he received what he wanted... And it caused him to walk on the water because boldly he got out of the boat. Boldness was now overriding his fear. So faith rose up. Herein lies the problem because now his faith, once it brought him to his destination, he no longer has faith for that or needs faith for that. As 1 Peter says in chapter 1, receiving an end to his faith. Because once you believe for something and you've received it, do you need faith for it if you already have it? You've got it. So now what rises up on the inside of him is no longer faith, but the undealt with fear. Oh, you're not hearing this. He starts now noticing all around him the circumstances again because he's preconditioned to look at the waves and the storm because fear helps you with that when you don't deal with it. And so what does he do? As he... Is he one of the youth? He's going to be there a while, ain't he? Come on. Yeah, well, hold on now. I don't want you to jump ahead and miss the revelation here because you need a a date. Okay, now. um, (laughs) Okay, look at Jesus. Okay, would you just look at him and stop being so convicted? You should have dealt with your fear. All right, now. He ends up slowly sinking. Because fear begins to slowly rise. Right. Keep falling down. Just keep going. I know your legs will hurt in the morning, but listen, he he didn't just fall in, or he would never have been able to say, "Jesus, save me." Has anybody ever tried to walk on the water in here when nobody was looking? I, yeah. Several honest people that used to drink. I see. Uh, now, 
When nobody's looking, you're out there on that lake in the pool and you even get a run at it. And you're like, and you know, you're in. You just, you try, but it just doesn't work. So you know as well as I do that you can only probably at best get out, Jesus, say, okay, maybe that's how you should get filled with the spirit in the baptismal. Jesus, say, all right, now, but Jesus doesn't give him word anymore. Not at this point. Because when he cried out, Jesus, save me, his hand was up in the air. (laughs) And Jesus reached down with the power of his hand and lifted him up. So we see that he was lifted up by the word and being this close to Jesus, how are you going to sink? But he did. How are you going to sink when you're that close to Jesus and you just walked on the water and you're way far away from the boat and the shore and you've never done this before? But the thing is, it's not can I do it, it's can I continue to do this? Jesus, you paid off one bill, but are you, can you do it this time? Jesus, you healed me this one time. Are you able to heal me this time too? Oh, come on. Are you ready for this? Think about the most blessed. Just imagine how blessed you want to make your life. Think about uh, the biggest house you could live in, the most amount of cars you could drive, uh, just the perfect scenario in your businesses or whatever. And once you have that, I'm going to tell you the truth. You just limited God. My God's El Shaddai, honey. The God of more than enough. But we keep hanging out in Philippians 4.19 just trying to get our little need met. I'm telling you. How about we go further and say, Lord, help me to meet somebody else's need. You watch your needs will get in the wake of blessings. I promise you like that right there. Glory to God. So he ends up sinking. He grabs the master's hand. He said, Lord, save me. He lifts him up because fear paralyzed and crippled him. And because he never dealt with the spirit of fear on the inside of him, that seed of fear, he had the word. The Lord gave him the word, go to the other side. He also gave him the word and said, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And then he also gave him the word, well, come on, let's get this thing going, walk on the water. But the thing is, he only chose to yield to one of the words that faith could have produced the whole time. And once he got to that level, Jesus picks him up. And they begin to walk back to the boat. Peter was walking on the water again. Now, wait a minute. Um, he, need, he didn't get that DVD series, did he? We're going to need two more. No, listen. Jesus walked on the water with him back to the boat. Not because Jesus was like, Oh, thank God. I had only prayed long enough to get here to this boat. Oh, now I need to rest. Let's go and get it. He could have kept on walking. Some translations say he would have kept on walking by had they not screamed at him. Well, if you're walking on the water, do you need a boat? But see, Peter was thinking, I need to get out 
of this sinking mess and walk with somebody who does know how to walk. And if it is Jesus, I'm in such a desperate situation right now. If it is, it is. If it isn't, it isn't. But the bottom line is I've got a better chance of rolling the dice and walking and being with him than I do in this boat. This is a for sure scenario. I'm drowning. But they walk back to the boat. And what did Jesus say to him? I hope you're listening. Ye of little faith, where did you doubt? We have preached this. We have taught this for years in such a condemning way that we focus so much on, is my faith big enough? It must not be because I'm not seeing what I want to. Let me show you what he was saying. Guys, come back here. Skip back here. All right, now listen. Lock arms. It's more manly. All right, now. As they're walking this way, Jesus said, Peter, you have little faith. Where did you doubt? He wasn't condemning him. He wasn't dragging him behind him going, I know, you should have learned how to walk. You did, you you should, come on, get your head up in here. Get up in that boat. I know, come on, you better duck. Get up in there. Little faith, I'm going to teach all you a lesson. That's not how he said it. He was saying, you have little faith. All you had was a little faith. That little bit of faith you had caused you to walk on the water, son. When you had that much faith and it was just little and you were walking on the water, why would you have started to doubt then? Ooh. He was giving him a faith lesson saying, your own mind through fear sabotaged your own supernatural walk. Thanks, guys. And it says, when Jesus got into the boat with Peter, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, of a truth, you are the Son of God. Turn with me now to Acts chapter 3, and I'm closing with this. Did you get anything tonight? (laughs) Revival's not coming, it's here. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. If you've been having any kind of back pain whatsoever... A fusion, I I don't know, it just seems like we're just going through the whole spine. We're going to take care of business here in a a little bit, but uh, if you've been having any kind of back pain whatsoever, when I say now, I'm going to count to three, you just stand up and just bend over and twist, do something you couldn't do before, and don't try it to see if there's something magical that's going to happen. You stand up with boldness on the faith that God has given you and the word of the Lord that has said, by his stripes ye were healed. When were you healed of the back pain you're dealing with now? The back injury you just had a few years ago? 2,000 years ago, that's when you were healed. Well, then how come I don't have it now? Because, Peter, you're getting ready to act on the word with boldness. All over this place. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you just tweak something today. I don't care if it's been, uh, you know, fusion in three and four. It doesn't matter if you were injured and you'd have part of your back removed. There was a man that had been dealing with, I think, uh, 18 years of a back injury, uh, 17 surgeries, was getting ready to have another, and he was instantly healed in our monthly meeting in Tulsa. Praise the Lord. First time in 18 years plus that he was healed uh, of no pain in his back. All over this place. Same with you. One, two, three. Now! Be healed in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Lord. Just be in. Come on, act on it. Bend around, twist, do something you couldn't do. Glory to God, you're healed right now in Jesus' name. Come on, as the healing power of God hits you and the manifestation begins to happen, shout hallelujah if that's you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mama, what was happening over here? You took off running during worship. What was happening with you? Yes. And Dr. Chazelle, well, we all get arthritis every time. What a blessing. Can you twist and bend and do some things there? Oh, she's getting ready to break dance. Glory to God. Drop it like it's hot, Granny. Brother, what was going on with you? Did you have an injury or something? Several years. Would you come over here and show us too? Let's demonstrate the power of God. Here's the thing. The pain, if you've ever dealt with back pain, it messed with your sleep. It messed with your, your eating. It just messed with your life. And nobody needs to have it. Come here, brother. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is all going, to, this is going away right now. And you're looking at me like, really? Yeah. Healed in Jesus' name. Okay, bend over. It's gone. Go ahead, do it. Don't try it. It's done. Straighten up in Jesus' name. There it goes. Come on, twist. It's going. It's going right there. Isn't that awesome? Look at his face. This is awesome. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's getting better, isn't it? How many years has it been? Four? Ah, the year I was born. (laughs) Lift your hands, brother. God's taking care of this even more. Lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. And this arm that's paralyzed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Fire! Yeah. Yeah, there's a turnaround coming to you. There's a turnaround. Keep coming, come on, keep turning around. Yeah. Just spinning's not doing anything, but this is a parallel that I'm seeing in the spirit. A turnaround. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And it does have to do with finances, too. Praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Somewhere now, a dog can no longer hear, right? (laughs) So in Acts chapter 3, you're there. There's a man at the gate called Beautiful. You know this story, I hope. It's It's a scenario where he's born lame from his mother's womb. I mean, he's been that way for years, and yet as a beggar, he's handicapped, so his only job, his profession is he's allowed to beg. People don't look at a beggar as a threat. That means if they want to give him money, they'll give him money. If they don't, then they won't. But he's allowed to beg because they know his condition. He's handicapped. He can't walk. He's lame. But here's the case. 
of Peter and John getting ready to go up to the temple and walk right by him to pray at the hour of prayer. Now, this doesn't mean that they don't pray all the other times, all right? This means that they were going to corporately have prayer, which I highly suggest, if you're part of this church, get involved in that. How many were in here in prayer earlier today? Ooh, man, I thank both of you. (laughs) You only need two people in agreement, and you can see heaven just split wide open. Hallelujah. But listen, get involved in that. And so here they are, they're coming up, and the man who is lame... Looks and sees Peter and John coming, and what do they? What does he say? He's asking for alms. He's begging. This is what he does. Now I need somebody who will play the beggar. All right, Tanner. I need a chair. Is there a loose chair we could do right here? Reserves, perfect. Hallelujah. All right, come on. Yeah, here we go. All right. Now, now twist up your legs because you're lame. There you go. So Peter and John are coming, right? And the beggar looks up and sticks his hand out and says he wants alms. That's what he does. Notice where he is placed himself. He has placed himself right outside the temple where he knows all the money is. Come on now. There should be people out there that want to come to this church because they see how much God's blessed you. Oh, there's a preacher talking about money again. (laughs) You know, we'll probably take up an offering later just to forewarn you. There's a word of knowledge. Now listen. (laughs) Do not let a worldly hymn start playing in your head when pastor does that. You got to know when to hold. (laughs) Know when to fold it. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. Sitting in front of a preacher, there'll be time enough for counting when the preacher's through. Come on, you know. And people will let fear override them and their financial blessing and then go to God. Why aren't you blessing me? That was a Holy Ghost side journey. He's begging for alms. And I believe when he does... He leaves his hand out and puts his head down in shame. Why? It doesn't say he put his head down in shame, but yet it did say he looked out and saw Peter and John coming, right, at the hour of prayer to pray. Why do you think, I, I think he put his head down? It's because when Peter got up to him, he said, look on us. You're a beggar. You're ashamed of even having to be in this position. This is a position that has literally handicapped every part of his life. And now he's begging, if I don't get money, hey, what a shameful thing. I, got, I can't work for it. I got to beg for it. But he said, look on us. And what did he say? Silver and gold, have I none. But such as I do have. Now, that doesn't mean they were broke. What it meant is it's a fancy way of saying, you don't need my money. What you need is what I'm about to give you. Then you can go get all the money you want. He looked at him and he said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He graduated. 
I know. Second year student. Second year will be fun next year, too. I know why they call you Tanner. Don't do it. Don't do it. Now, listen. I didn't do it. Didn't do it. You know what's funny is when I did that, it was like people got it through here, and then they're like, oh, ha, 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 yeah, oh, ha, 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 and it was like, for 10 minutes, it just kind of went this way, the joy, just, all right. Silver and gold have I none in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Did he get up immediately or not? No, he didn't get up immediately. You know why? Because he doesn't know how to walk. He doesn't know how to get up and walk. Get up and walk. He doesn't know how. But what was he doing? He was sowing the word. And when he reached down and grabbed his hand, he lifted him up. And immediately, his ankle bones gained strength. And he went out, up into the temple, leaping, dancing, and praising God, all the things he couldn't do before. And here's a side journey on that. They were all looking at him going, what's that all about? Isn't that the lame man? And he's dancing and shouting going, hey, you all, I wasn't allowed in the temple because I was considered cursed of God because of my condition. Why aren't you all dancing and shouting and praising God? Come on now. So you need to get off of the new people that come in and catch fire because of your maturity. You're telling them, sit down. You need to let them get excited. Because what happened is, is Peter remembered when he was in the condition when he no longer could walk, when he no longer could stand, when he no longer could get up. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Peter knew that that same position that he one day was in had now reversed roles to where I am acting as the Lord, lifting you up to now give you a new walk. Oh, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.